The Cappuccino Podcast brought to you in association with Tactical Solutions. For all your tactical solutions, check them out at www.tactical.co.nz. It's that time again, so grab yourself a cup of joe and get ready for the Cappuccino with Constable Brian. Okay, so my guest today on the Cappuccino podcast, uh, first time in a wee while coming back, is Anjali Mulari. She is a New Zealand ice hockey ice fern representative. She plays forward in that team. She's been a New Zealand inline hockey player and representative as well, as well as being a coach. She's got a Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry. She's a postgrad diploma and forensic scientist. She's a wife. She's been an emergency communicator. She's been an analyst. She's currently a fingerprint officer trainee, and we'll talk about that. She's just recently returned to the ice ferns after five years uh, due to the fact that she had, uh, well, two passengers on board, uh, being a mum, and something called COVID, uh, where at the International Ice Hockey Federation Women's World Ice Hockey Championships Division 2B, the Ice Ferns came third, and Anjali, small-time achiever that she is, broke the most points in a game by scoring a goal with seven assists versus Croatia, finished with 11 points from four games, topped the tournament's assist table, and was the only top 10 point scorer from New Zealand, and was the MVP for the game versus South Africa too. Oh, and also on the odd occasion, she's also a fashion model as well. Uh, she's also been the assistant coach of the New Zealand Inline Ferns and one of the founding coaches at Hockey Wise as well. Jeez, uh, that's a resume and a half, Angelie. Welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the Cappuccino podcast. Hi, Brian. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Hey, look, my absolute pleasure. Uh, and first of all, I've got to say this, even though I've said this to you plenty of times on social media, uh, big congratulations to you and the uh, rest of the Ice Ferns teams. You guys, and well, you guys and girls, because I know there are some guys involved, are bloody legends. There's no other way of putting it. So congratulations. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, we had a really good time. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah, despite getting out through storms. But that's another story for another day. All right. Um, <laughs> now, I know that you may have listened to the podcast in uh, times prior, uh, what we always do is we do the speed round dedicated to what I think is the world's greatest police movie, which stars Keanu Reeves in it called Speed. So here's your pop quiz hot shot. So I'm going to give you seven random quick fire questions. So first is, as you know, we normally record this in the car. So Anjali, if I was with you in the car, what would your coffee order be? Soy flat white. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> Favorite ice hockey player is who? Oh, that is a hard one. Uh, probably Jamie Jones. There you go. All good. Uh, if I could represent New Zealand at another sport, what would it be? Does inline hockey count? <laughs> no, because you've already done that. So it's one that you completely random. Completely random athletics. There you go. I was thinking maybe underwater hockey, but hey, look, that's all good. <laughs> Your greatest of all time, any sport, any code, the person that inspires you is who? Uh, would have to be, at the moment, would be Zoe Hobbs. There you go. I was going to say, I've tried for you, Dr. Helen Murray, but it didn't happen. Any superstitions when you play hockey? No. There you go. One of the things that really grinds my gears is what for you? 
find my kids. Uh, oh, I, honestly, I'm pretty easy going. There you go. That's all right. That's all good. If I asked your brother, would he say the same thing, though? That's the question. No. There you go, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, if you had a theme song for when you um, scored a goal like they do in the NHL, what would your theme song be? Uh, these are hard. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> my theme song. We had a song in our team a while ago, and it was the That Girl Is On Fire song. There you go. Take it. No worries. And your favourite <laughs> NHL team is who? Uh, probably the Maple Leafs because we went to their home rink. As a Calgary Flames diehard fan, it's a tragedy, but we'll just move on from that very quickly. <laughs> and I've seen the Maple Leafs, and it's a great stadium, and they are a great team. Um, so you start playing inline hockey at the age of about 11 years of age due to your brother, right? How did you get into it? Because let's be honest, most siblings, when their uh, brother turns up and says, hey, I'm playing this great game, go, yeah, whatever good as gold but for somehow you you got the bug and you've taken it to sort of the next level so what was what was the big attraction uh for me I went down to watch him play for for the school and uh I just thought I want to give it a go I didn't really do a whole lot of roller skating before that yeah um I kind of knew like how to stay upright um but once I started playing I think yeah I just really really enjoyed it so that kind of just kicked it off and I joined the school team as well and went from there yeah and you're pretty unique in having a school that actually had an inline skating team aren't you yes definitely um my brother's good friend is michael atwell who's in the um the ice flat so he was on the on the team with my brother and i think he kind of started the team um because he played for the club um and then yeah we, we, there were a couple of teams to play against in hamilton but our school league has always been pretty good here yeah yeah, so by the age of 12 or 13, you are clearly showing some promise as an inline skater slash hockey player because you joined the Hamilton Devils, right, where you lead the yes. Devils to a number of national champs. You've been a captain of a number of times for the uh, Hamilton Devils too. How sporty were you at school? If I said to the, your classmates, hey, Angelina Mullari is going to be a New Zealand rep in two sports, would they have picked themselves off the floor after they started laugh after they finished laughing, or would they have said, "No, we could always see that she was always going to succeed in something"? Uh, definitely the latter. Yeah. <laughs> I played a lot of sports at school. I, my dad always talks about when he came to watch watch me when I was about five or six at athletics day. I'd win the hundred meter, won the cross country. I don't know. I think it just came naturally to me. Yeah. Um, Definitely not a long distance runner now, but <laughs> I, I do enjoy sprinting. So, yeah, that's why I said athletics earlier. Yeah. There's nothing like a good line break in the game of hockey, which is almost the same. So, hey, look. Um, so somewhere in between of all, all the success for the Hamilton Devils, at the ripe old age of 17 years, you start playing ice hockey. Now, lots of inline skaters in New Zealand do this, as well as overseas, I guess. But for, for New Zealand, it seems to be this natural transition from inline hockey to uh, ice hockey, back to inline, back to ice. So how did you discover uh, hockey, ice hockey? And who was the person that let you, led you to sort of your very first game? Because well, let's be honest, it's a, it's a bit of a weird thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, no, I knew there were more opportunities with ice hockey. Um, coming from like this inline hockey background, I didn't 
they, I knew there were world championships for inline, but we'd never attended one. Um, but I knew of the Ice Ferns attending world championships, and that was just became a goal of mine and a dream to go to a world championship. So I knew at that moment in time it wasn't going to be with inline, but more likely ice hockey. So um, Tara Tissink, a good friend of mine, she played ice. Um, I think there weren't too many people playing ice in Hamilton at that point. Because it, it was a bit of a drive up to Auckland. It wasn't as easy as it is now. Um, yeah. it, it was one, down to one lane a lot of the way. And it did take almost two hours. So, um, yeah, it was a bit harder to get to the ice rink. But we I made it um, I made it work. And, yeah, I, I definitely struggled a bit with ice skating um, yeah. at first. Because it is a bit different to inline skating. And, like, learning about the edges and things. So, it did... It, it did take me quite a few years to feel confident ice skating. I uh, always, because I think it was quite intermittent with not being there all the time. Um, I struggled every time I went onto the ice, but it's definitely a lot easier now. But going back back and forth between ice and inline, it, it, there are some things you have to kind of relearn pretty quickly um, for your memory to come back on how, how to st- uh, like tight turn and that sort of thing. But once you've done it, over and over again, it, it becomes second nature. Yeah, so going guess, back and forth, yeah, it, people do struggle, especially like just little things like the weight of the puck and shooting. Um, there's a yeah, there's a number of different differences that you have to quickly adapt to when you start. I guess yeah. the obvious question there for you is, what's the most terrific injury you've had, Anita? I've actually been pretty lucky, Touchwood. Um, no. No real major injuries. I've had some problems with my shoulders, but bruises, yeah, nothing nothing too major, thankfully. Uh, that's all good, and let's hope that that continues as well. Uh, so keep touching that wood there. Uh, so for all the overseas listeners, because I've got listeners in Calgary and in Toronto and Edmonton and all around Canada as well, do you want to tell us, Anjali, how many ice hockey rinks there are in Hamilton, New Zealand? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, apart from you, I think there was uh, in the latest sort of Ice Ferns team, you had a reserve sort of standby goalie, and those were the only two representatives from Hamilton, weren't there? We've had a couple of girls come and go from Hamilton. Uh, there's been Hannah Jensen, who plays in line with me now. Jana Kivel also plays in line with me. Um, but it seems to be not something people stick to year after year because it does get expensive and it yeah, it's a big commitment. Yeah. So, yeah, there have been a few people from Hamilton that do have played for the Ice Ferns. Um, but, yeah, year after year, no one consistently. Apart from yeah. yourself, obviously. So, after yeah. – can you, can you remember what your very first game of – I'm going to say hockey, but – for other listeners, we'll call it ice hockey. What was your very first game of hockey like? You're talking about ice, you're not in yeah. line? Yeah, I'm talking about ice, yeah. Well, um, once I started going a couple of trainings, um, yeah. I joined the Auckland team pretty quickly. We yeah. went to a tournament back in 2010. We, had, we didn't have a women's national league at that point. We just had a women's national tournament. And um, it was just... a couple of games over a weekend it was in gore and uh that was the first time i'd played some proper ice hockey games and 
probably the biggest difference for me was learning about the offside rule in mm-hmm. inline we don't have offsides um and also the three 20 minute periods because it uh, inline it's only two 20s um so yeah a little bit of a longer game and also offsides i remember tripping over the blue line a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> trying to wrap my head around the offside rule as a uh, canadian friend of mine once said he said that blue line's magic it stops the poachers yeah. So, yeah, yeah so, in, line, in line, sometimes I like to hang around at the end of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so after just a few months of playing ice hockey, you make the Auckland women's rep team, like you said, in 2010. And then given the fact that Auckland is, for uh, overseas listeners, 90 minutes there and 90 minutes back, uh, at any stage, did you question your sanity and your ever escalating petrol costs and why you were doing this? No, I was still thankfully young enough for mum to be paying for things at that point <laughs> nice yeah good work i hope mum's got your bronze medal somewhere in her lounge that's all i'm saying uh yeah so you go on to win four national titles uh uh you were the alternate captain in 2013 in 2016 and 2017 you break all the player records with your 70 points over a 12 game season um that's one hell of a start for somebody who's only just sort of a couple of years ago, picked it up. Um, was it just something that came natural? Like you said, you've been 40 naturally, but let, let, let's be honest, um, ice hockey doesn't come naturally to a lot of New Zealanders, uh, particularly those who have sort of a fairly athletic base, because you've actually got to be fairly graceful as well as uh, a bit sort of muscular at, at times as well, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to starting with inline um, and having quite good hands. Like I can move move the puck quite well. Um, and that seemed to be a different style from a lot of the people that had only played ice hockey. Um, yeah, it seemed to be a bit of a different style. So um, yeah, my, my hands I've definitely been, benefited from um, and my speed. I think that just came from the young age of always like, liking like sprinting and that sort of thing um but definitely inline has helped with having quite good hands um and being able to get around players um and that it's been a trend i would say from watching the inline players come over to ice you can see that their hands and their movement of the putt a, a little bit um stronger than the people some of the people that only have purely played ice hockey i'm not sure why that is maybe it's something to do with inline being a smaller rink and having to navigate around people um without having as much space i'm not sure but it is has been a trend that the inliners can move the puck quite well Hmm, that's not a bad thing so well this is all going on so you've got national international reps and both inline and ice hockey uh, and you're in sort of your late te- teens, early 20s. You're also studying for your bachelor's degree in biochemistry at Waikato University. I've got to ask the question here now then, are you a planner, a scheduler from hell? How did you juggle it all? Because, I mean, there's massive time constraints there. I mean, it's it's crazy. How, how did you manage to plan it all? Uh, it did take a lot of planning. Um, I was fortunate enough to gain the uh, Sir Edmund Hillary scholarship for university and that was a huge help because we could reach out to different resources and get endorsements from people if we needed help with rescheduling exams and tests um, at university 
there was one time I remember quite vividly, I went over to Italy with the inline ferns to play the world championship. And I had a clash with my exam and they said, that's fine. You can sit it in Italy during the tournament. <laughs> and I said, okay. And actually Helen, cause she worked for the university. She was my, uh, what's it called? Supervisor or whatever for the exam. Yep. Um, so she, she watched over me for three hours while I sat my exam in Italy and then she um, scanned all the papers and sent it back uh, to the university. So there's, there were definitely times where there was a lot juggling. Um, I had an exam a few days later that they agreed to push out by a few days so I could fly back and sit the second one. Um, so, yeah, definitely a lot of juggling. Um, but I think if you're determined enough, you can make it all work. Yeah, she is a great New Zealander, that girl, Helen. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah, she's yeah, a yeah. really good friend. And it causes uh, a great amount of uh, mirth and sort of sideways looks at me uh, when I talk to people in Canada and say to them, uh, one of our lead researchers in CTE research, amongst other things, uh, also happens to be an ice, fern, so ice hockey player, which they will just look at and go, are you serious? So, yeah, she's yeah. an incredible <laughs> lady. So She so really that, is. So that people have got some idea, what's your inline skating kit worth? For you to play at international level how much does that cost you from sort of your skates up all the way to your helmet what are we talking for you to be completely kitted out how you want to be kitted inline yeah um so the inline skates are probably about five or six hundred depends what you like but mine are probably on the more pricey side um yep. and then you don't have shoulder pads or padded shorts um yep but you have the same shin pads, elbow pads, gloves, and helmet and stick. Yep. So it's quite similar to ice hockey, I'd say. Um, it would be, all the gear together would be probably close to 2000 if you're buying the top of the line stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my hockey bags, very similar. I just take out my shoulder pads and my padded shorts and my ice skates if I'm going to inline and just put my inline skates in. Yeah. And your ice hockey kit would be roughly about the same price or well yeah i'd more. say so yeah my and on my ice skates i just got some new ones actually they were close to twelve hundred dollars <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and the problem but, with always yeah. got here is the shipping from canada and the united states isn't it to be honest yeah although oh these these skates i've got some people that were over an inline hockey tournament picked them up for me from the hockey shop there and in Vegas, so that worked out well. That's all, always good, always good. Now, the question I've got to ask then now, I guess, is how did you manage to afford it as a university student? Like you said, you got the scholarship, which would have helped to um, certain things, but um, like most hockey players when they start off, did you scrimp and borrow and, uh, hey, look, you're a size nine sister, so am I, can I borrow your skates for this game, or were you pretty well kidding? Um, I was really lucky to have my mum's support from when I first started, um, she paid for a lot of things. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's not a sport that you can do with no money, um, no. unfortunately. Uh, yeah. She she paid for a lot. I didn't have the top of the line stuff when I first started out. Um, the stick was probably the most important to me. I like a light stick um, and quite specific. So that one, yeah, from the beginning, I had pretty good stick. But other than that, it was all just mid-range stuff. And yeah, my mum 
really lucky to have my mum support from a young age. I wouldn't have been able to achieve any of it without the money. Magic, that's awesome. All right, so the, you, this being busy thing is a common theme. When I looked at you and researched some of the stuff that you've done, it's a common theme for you, isn't it? You can't, it seems to me like you can't just sort of do one activity and just go, okay, I'm good with that. There's about four or five things going all on at once in your life. Um, how do you relax and what do you do to cope with the stress? Uh, how do I relax? I like watching Netflix if I have time. Um, yeah. My husband will probably say I don't cope with the stress, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just try and fit things in where I can. Um, yeah. yeah, things always come up like at the moment, my son. I had to pick him up from Daiki yesterday because he's sick. But um, little things like that, you just have to be adaptable, um, adjust accordingly. I was just trying to do a question on my assignment before this podcast. So yeah, it's I just know. fitting things in wherever yeah. you can, really. Yeah, the answer is always C as well on the multi-guess. So just circle C and say Constable Brian says that's all good. Uh, right, so now we have lots of international listeners, many of whom are, are hockey fans right now. Um, so that we, I mean, we have four teams in the New Zealand Women's Ice Hockey League. Uh, we have the Auckland Steel, we've got the Inferno, we've got the Dunedin Thunder, we've got the, the Wakatipi Wild in Queenstown. Is it hard to retain and attract new players um, to, to ice hockey in New Zealand? Uh, I, I would say the money thing is a huge um, factor. Um, as we just spoke about, it's not a cheap sport. So unfortunately, people, it's really only for people that can afford it. Um, the ice time itself is quite expensive because we've limited ice rinks in New Zealand. In the North Island, there's two in Auckland and then one in Wellington that's reasonably new um so yeah one of the biggest factors is money um I think once people give it a go and if they do enjoy it I think they do tend to stick around and kind of make it work um we a lot of the people on the national team of my team do struggle to afford these trips away um but because we love it so much we just find the money somewhere yeah, yeah. find the money somewhere um it has grown a lot uh, since I first started. As I said, it was just a one-tournament weekend, and it's grown to this four-team league, which is incredible. There's been people do enormous amounts of work around the country to get these teams up and running and off the ground. Uh, Queenstown wasn't a team when I first the league first started, but there's a few people down there like Kelly Nelson who have um, really pushed for that fourth team in the league and it has happened I hope that we can have a fifth team from say Wellington or something in the years to come uh, to grow it even more but yeah I would say um, if you find the money and you do love it you tend to stick around um, and there are a lot of young girls that are coming through as far as I'm aware I don't have a lot to do with Auckland youth development stuff because I do live in Hamilton I don't do a lot of coaching or anything just yeah. don't have time um, but from what I've heard, there are a lot of kids at the moment coming through, which is awesome, which is so cool. Yeah, and my uh, good buddy, and uh, I say this is a diehard Auckland Marco fan, but you knew that anyway, uh, AJ Spiller would tell me that the game is in good hands. I mean, all you've got to really do is look at your results for the Ice Ferns and then also the under-18s who just won their gold as well in their division. And um, the game's looking better and better, I guess, for the future. 
yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, AJ's done heaps for Auckland ice hockey, especially with the kids. Um, we're so lucky to have people that invested in the sport, and it's the only reason why it's growing. So, yeah, yeah. all the all the volunteers do amazing things, and yeah, I'm very grateful for all that they do because they help us out as well. Yeah, and I don't think people actually like me. And I I go to the rink all the time to watch the Marco play, and I'll be out to see the steel play as well. I'll be I'll be out to have a picture with you and Helen one day, Angelia, right? Um, oh, we've got games this season in Auckland, so I'll I know you yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, there's lots of volunteers there that are doing that for the love of the game, and as always, like most sports in New Zealand, they just wouldn't succeed if the volunteers weren't there. So yeah, you're right. Um, we do owe them a big thanks. Now, the Ice Ferns had a great, successful trip to South Africa. They won the bronze, and you did particularly well as an individual at the tournament yourself, like we just mentioned previously. Did we manage to qualify and go up a division after the Worlds? So because the way it works is I think a lot of New Zealanders don't quite understand it. It's like you've won bronze, but that's actually in your division. It doesn't mean that um, if you look at the world rankings, there's USA, or sorry for my friends in Canada, there's Canada, then there's the USA, then there's New Zealand. Um, there's actually sort of a tiered system to the division. So have we managed to go up a division with our bronze placing? So, yeah, this is something, as you, you're very correct, a lot of people don't understand the, the tier system. When I say we've got bronze, they think we're third in the world, but actually we're probably about 30th. Um, yep. so, so, yeah, it is um, it is kind of hard to wrap your head around, but once you've got it, it makes sense. Um, we will not be promoted with a bronze placing. Um, it's it's a gold or nothing thing, really. Um, gold you go up, uh, so Belgium will be promoted, but there is uh, some discussion or speculation around what's happening next year because of Russia and Belarus wanting to come back in or something, I'm not sure, but because they were with, they were top, I don't know what happened, they're not in the divisions, um, and so, yeah, if they come back, then that will affect the placings, um, and also North Korea have withdrawn from the women's I'm not sure about the men's but it will all affect the placings and I, I heard something about Belgium not being promoted which would be awful for them because if you win gold you just expect that yeah we're going up and that's what you're playing for really it's secondary to the or yeah I'd say the gold medal is secondary to the promotion um, yeah. because you, you want that promotion into a higher division so I'm not yeah. sure what's happening next year uh, we definitely won't be being promoted um, we also won't be being relegated. We're in quite a safe spot there in the middle of the division, I'd say. Oh, that's a good thing. That uh, means there's room for improvement, which is what we're always after. With ice yeah, definitely. And it was such a close um, set of games. We only lost. It was a one goal game with Belgium. Um, we pulled the goalie at the end to try and get a goal up to equalise it, but we got scored on. So the score says four two, but it was really a one goal game, and it was it was a bit heartbreaking when the games are that close and we go down. Um, because yeah, it was right there for us, and we couldn't we couldn't walk away with the win. But that's the nature of it, and yeah, we'll move on. Yeah, yeah you're not wrong. And like I was watching the games from Canada um, because the time difference was a bit wonky as well. So I was literally having to speed through to the games, and then sometimes I'd get to the end result and go, ah, oh, rat. So yeah, um, but like you say, it was a great tournament. There's room for improvement, and the only way's up for the Ice Ferns, I'm sure. Was it weird yeah, yeah. in South Africa going from the extreme heat outside? to a rink inside because and does it did it take you a long time to acclimatize and get used to the time difference as well yeah the time difference is probably the hardest thing for us um although we had some quite early morning training so the jet lag 
kind of helped with getting out of bed in the morning. We're waking up quite early, like some days, 3 or 4 a.m. But if we had a 6 a.m. training, then it wasn't too bad. Uh, The heat was was okay. Um, We're used to having our league here. Previously, instead of the winter, we had it in the summer. And so we'd be going from the mm, January, February temperatures of close to 30 degrees here in New Zealand um, into the ice rink. So... We were quite used to the temp- temperature. It wasn't too. It wasn't as hot as I expected. It wasn't mid thirties or anything. It was kind of comfortably in the twenties. So it was nice and warm. Um, it was nice to get some sunshine after the rain we've had here. Um, but yeah, no, I was actually okay. The jet lag is definitely the hardest thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you get what Dr. Helen Murray gets? And I spoke to her about it on the podcast as well. When you t- tell people one that you play hockey they automatically assume that it's field hockey. Uh, and then you get the, oh, I didn't really spot you for a hockey player when you actually say to them, you're playing, well, what I think is God's games, ice hockey, uh, because they expect sort of a toothless uh, sort of bearded Neanderthal um, to be only an ice hockey player. Yeah, um, definitely get that. Yeah, when I say hockey, field hockey's the instant thought. And um, I'm only close to five foot two so yeah everyone says I'm not big enough to be an ice hockey player but um yeah I think once you watch a game you can see different people how different people have their roles within a team um I'm not a big defender um but yeah as a forward um I work quite well I think I've got a lot of speed and I bring that to the game so yeah I don't let I, I don't let my size get in the way although it's funny it's a bit of a joke really I, I always feel like I'm as big as everyone else out there I don't feel small um it's not until someone will make a comment saying oh you're so little but yeah, yeah it, in, in the game I just feel like I'm average size out there not smaller than everyone yeah uh and I noticed from looking at your players that you weigh in at about 60 kgs isn't it so it's not uh six foot two and 100 kgs is it no, no, yeah, it's like 55 or something. Yeah, right. Now, when I mention hockey forwards, most listeners will start thinking of people like Alex Ovechkin, uh, Crosby, Matthew Tuchuk, Connor McDavid. Uh, how do I put this nicely for the, for those gentlemen? A few of them there aren't really model material, uh, but you, as a nice hockey forward, have been. How did that come about? Because you've been on buses billboards uh you've been used in advertising campaigns you've even been a model when you've been pregnant how did that all happen it's mostly my husband to be honest he (laughs) he does marketing yeah so he gets me involved wherever he can really because he knows it's good for good for the sport um i'm actually he's shown me a billboard at the moment that's circulating around hamilton for one of his cars um and there's me on it with my ice hockey helmet Ah, I haven't I haven't seen it out in the wild yet, but I've seen a picture of it. Yes, no, it comes from my husband. That, that's gold. Uh, that's gold. I showed some of my friends up in Canada. I said, hey, they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm researching my podcast um, and I'm talking to one of the ice fans, ice hockey forwards. And they're like, man, we've got to come down to New Zealand. Your hockey players are way better looking than ours are. That's for sure. <laughs> it was a bit rough. Like, oh, that's hey, so funny. So now line changes and the actual effort on the ice is something that a lot of New Zealanders can't get their heads around, um, particularly uh, when they're watching a game of ice hockey. It's that thing of, well, you're only out there for a couple of minutes and then you come off again. And what's that all about? And let's be honest, sometimes, well, most of the time, 
It's not even a couple of minutes. So to give the listeners some idea, let's say that you're playing for the Ice Ferns and you do a line change, your effort level when you're out on the ice would be equivalent to what physical activity? Oh, uh, it would be something very high intensity. Maybe like you've gone to a circuit class in your mid reps on an exercise like the spin bike or something yeah. um, and you're working at that real high rate where your heart rate's quite high um, and then you have a break after the exercise for a certain number of seconds and you move on to the next exercise in a circuit class it's kind of like that um, where you're working at a very high rate on the ice and then you get off, have a break um, recover and then do it again. Um, it is different to most of our national sports. We don't really have anything like that. Um, I think, I think in basketball, do they sub quite regularly, or are they out there for quite a while? I'm not quite they, sure, but they, they can sub. But they, the thing that I think makes ice hockey even more different is the fact that you hit the ice um, and you'll be going flat tack for let's say a minute, and that's a fairly long change um yeah but but you're also so like i've had people say to me it's like sprinting but at the same time as you're sprinting uh because your stick skills you might be um you know doing a figure eight or going five hole on a goalie or something else your fine motor skills have still got to be in check as well so you've got yeah. lots, lots of things going on there haven't you yeah yeah definitely a lot to think about but once you've been playing for a while you don't really put that much thought into it thankfully oh, yeah. um yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's different to most sports, and a lot of people do struggle to understand it. You're right. Um, when when I explain it to people here in New Zealand, um, yeah, you well, I think once you explain it, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But it's yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely different for them to understand it first. Yeah, yeah. I always say to people, look, if you think it's really easy, just go and sit on the bench. And you don't even have to be wearing skates, but when somebody just yells out your name, you've got to um, jump over the sort of the side of the rink there and get onto the ice <laughs> and sprint as fast as you can. I've yet to see anybody do it. Uh, okay, so now the New Zealand Ice Burn team has, amongst others, a neuroscientist, a firefighter, a fingerprint officer, an electrician, trainee. Do you think that helps you get on better as a unit than maybe just being full-time professionals? The fact that you've got all these diverse backgrounds. I mean, when you talk to people sometimes in professional sports, they say, yeah, a lot of our players have been like nurtured since they've been 12 or 13. They don't actually have that sort of common background or a background where they have to talk to, as you and I would say, regular people. Is that one of the ice fern strengths, do you think? The fact that you've all come from different backgrounds? Yeah, I would say it gives us a lot of good life experience, I guess, coming into tournaments. Um, we definitely don't spend as much time together as we would like because of work and school yeah. um, and just money. Um, if we had, uh, there's, I guess there's pros and cons. If we were all professional athletes, we would get a lot more time together on the ice um, and training together, um, which would definitely help our game because um, we, we have a couple of camps and that's it before we go away to world champs. Um, but yeah, the, we all uh, are quite special, really, with all our different um, jobs that we have and what people are studying. Um, and it does give us a lot of real world, real world experience uh, coming together for tournaments. Um, 
we do, I mean, it does mean that we have a couple of things to focus on at any point. Um, like Helen, she has work things all the time. Um, so I don't know if her mind is ever 100% fully on hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got kids, so there's that. Um, so, yeah, it means, I guess we're not as, we're not lucky enough to be able to just focus purely on hockey. But it does also probably have its benefits, like you say, of real world kind of life experience. Yeah, and maybe uh, like lots of people often say about professional athletes, they can't problem solve as well as um, ordinary everyday people can because they will very often look to the sideline for their coach for advice. Whereas sometimes um, people who have got a regular day job and have to do other stuff, they can actually make uh, leadership decisions on their feet. I guess, um, as a collective, as opposed to looking after the sideline and the coach saying, we're going to do this? Yeah, I'd say that's definitely true. Um, We all have our skills we bring, and there are quite a few leaders within our team. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of players with leadership potential, and I guess we're we're very lucky to have that, and that possibly comes from um, our activities outside of sport. Yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of regular people, because that's what you are in the ice ferns, um, although you're extraordinary on the ice, do you want to tell us how much your trip to South Africa cost? Because I think a lot of people think, oh, that'll all be fully funded and everything else. And it wasn't, was it? You had to pay for yourself. Yes. So we uh, we had to pay 4000 um, plus uniform. So whatever uniform you needed, that was on top of it. So my bill was about 4500 um and that's pretty good for what we got out of it actually compared to inline inline is definitely more expensive um the IHF, which is the international ice hockey federation they fund i think it's the accommodation and ice time and food during the tournament week um so that for that's for all teams so we pay for everything else so our four and a half thousand covered uh our flights food around the tournament week um we did a couple of activities in south africa we went on a safari um and we went up table mountain and it also covered our two training camps before we left with flights to dunedin um so overall it's actually it's actually pretty decent but it is a lot of money um if i add up all the money i've spent on hockey in my life it would definitely be a house deposit um in New Zealand so it's a lot of money but it's for something you love so you get to have all these amazing experiences around the world and I wouldn't yeah have it any other way no not wrong and I mean uh, like you say it's you you get to have those amazing experiences you're lucky though because you do have some sponsors don't you well you do you are associated with some brands uh here's your opportunity Angelique to uh say their names and give them a big thanks if you want Okay, give me a sec. Um, Yeah, I was fortunate enough to, I put a lot of time into my fundraising, personal fundraising. Um, And that was because I knew that I needed to. Um, We have kids and so money is not what we have a lot of. (laughs) Yep, I hear you, yep. (laughs) So yeah, I put a lot of personal time I think I took two days off work to go around and try and find some sponsors. Um, 
I've got some sticks from Deja Hockey, who are a um, company in Auckland that are trying to import affordable sticks for people because they can get quite pricey. Um, Mad Media gave me some billboard space here in um, Hamilton, and that's what I used as my prize for my business raffle. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about this. Um, I ran it past my husband, the mark, and I said, do you think I can make this work? And he said, yeah, give it a go. Yeah. Um, so I got some billboard space, and I um, approached businesses door-to-door on foot um, and said, do you want to buy a ticket into my raffle? And the chance you've got this chance of winning a billboard um, with all the creative work done by Mad Media. So I had a lot of companies. I'll just go through them really quickly. Um, Hamilton Windscreens uh, here in Hamilton, Norellum Pools, JT Carter Plumbers, TRT, uh, DTS, uh, Gray Consulting Engineers, Hamilton Laminates, Absolute Storage, VCP, Hmm. Prestige, Collision Repair, Waikato Heat Pumps, Dr. Plumber, Waikato Engine Reconditioners, Admiral Boats, Final Touch, Mulford Plastics, Autoway Services, and my local inline hockey rink, Hamilton Inline Hockey Club, gave me the space to do a um, roller disco as well, which worked out really good. Um, Urban Print made some t-shirts for me. Hockey Wise have been a long sponsor of mine, and... Police Sport actually have their initiative where they give national team representatives some money as well. So it was a lot of work. Um, our common ground also gave me um, a gym membership to use as, as my preparation. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, work that goes into it. Um, and Hexacoast Threads made us some shorts. It is, it's a really huge effort and it takes a lot of time. But um, I managed to get my trip funded. So... Yeah, all the work and time was definitely worth it for me. Um, yeah, fundraising is a huge thing, and I definitely put a lot of time into it because I know that we need it, and I wouldn't be able to go without that time that I put in. So, yeah, yeah, Yeah. I'm very grateful to all the people that helped me get get away to South Africa. Yeah, and again, um, thank you to all of Angelie's sponsors. I like you say that. Um, you're the perennial underachiever, so I wouldn't expect anything less than you to uh, have organised all of your fundraising and got it sorted. So congratulations to you and thank you again to all your sponsors. Now, the thing that you mentioned there is, and it's something that you always see with your name, apart from the normal, uh, what do I say, uh, media who don't know hockey uh, headline here, where you always get referred to as an ice queen, which I always think is a little bit interesting, um, is... Uh, the Waikato police officer. And uh, when I DM'd you, you even went, I'm not a police officer. Uh, but, you know, you're not. And I said to you, no, you're not. You're you're right. You're not a police officer, but you are part of the police family. Um, and you are currently a fingerprint uh, officer or, or a trainee fingerprint officer. You're three years or two years through a five-year degree? I've, I'm in my second year, but I've been uh, with the team for three years because I had a year off. Um, for my second child yeah yeah so how did you get into the fingerprint officer's role because like I said before in our intro you've been a communicator you've been an analyst and then all of a sudden you're like actually you know what I'm going to become a fingerprint officer it's um it's something lots of people think about but they never actually get around to it and it's a lot more detailed and complex than I think a lot of people actually realize yeah um fingerprint officer was always the goal actually um when I was doing biochemistry at Waikato Uni, I looked up some 
job opportunities and I saw things an officer with New Zealand Police and I went and did a day uh, with the team here in Hamilton that was 10 years ago now um, and I loved it. I went up to Auckland and had a look around their office and um, I decided, yeah, I want to do that. So they said there's not many job opportunities but you can do the post-grad diploma of forensic science to have a better shot at getting a job. So that's why I did the post-grad diploma of forensic science. Um, that I did two years part-time at Auckland and at the same time I needed some money. So I got a job as a communicator as a way of getting my foot in the door with New Zealand Police with the hopes of one day becoming a fingerprint officer. Uh, so I did. I studied part-time and worked full-time as a communicator uh, answering emergency calls. And that was a real, really good um, way of getting to know police and how it all works and little things like the ranking system and um, the police values and all of those things. Um, I learned a lot at comms. Uh, and then I decided that Auckland is not for me. Um, so I wanted to move back to Hamilton and there were no fingerprint officer jobs at that time. Um, so I thought about different career options and an Intel job came up. So I moved back to Hamilton and I um, put my time into doing the Diploma of Intelligence Analysis. And then um, we were fortunate enough to get pregnant with our first child. Um, and I took a year off. And while I was on that year off, someone from our team uh, messaged me and said, oh, we've got a job opening. Mm -hmm. And it's the first trainee position they've had in 10 years in the Hamilton office. And I said, what, really? And I looked into it and I applied. And I think there were about 120 applicants or something crazy. Um, and I was really lucky to get the job as a fingerprint officer here within Hamilton as well, exactly where I want to be. Um, so yeah, I was, I'm very grateful for the job that I've got and it's a long road, the training, but I know it will be worth it in the end. Yeah. Now you're not wrong. Now I'm no forensic expert, but I have been a police officer, despite the fact that I only look like I'm 23, uh, for 20, I think it's going to be 27 years this year, right? Um, when you watch, just so that the general public's got somewhere here, because I don't want to go into too much detail with what fingerprint officers do for obvious reasons, but when you watch programs like... Um, CSI and FBI and all those types of things, do they annoy the crap out of you or do you get the message that I always get from my wife, you have to leave your brain in park with these TV programs, it's not 100% realistic I'm like, 100% realistic, it's not even 5% realistic <laughs> does it Does it really annoy you? Uh, I wouldn't say it annoys me, I find it more funny than anything um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a lot different uh, fingerprint is quite a manual job and I think a lot of people don't understand that um, we have to plot where all the unique characteristics are and that that pattern runs against um, the system yeah. to compare so yeah it is there's a lot more to it it's not as quick as they say um, no. but I think they, they those shows have done good things because it's it's allowed a lot of people to grow an interest in forensics, um, even though it's not very accurate at all. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I remember talking to an ESR um, forensic uh, investigator, and she told me that it takes me longer to put my paper suit on and get it sealed up at a serious crime scene than it does for an episode of CSI. So she goes, I'm envious of them some days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's probably the one thing. 
where I see them walk into a crime scene with nothing on, yeah. just their normal normal clothes. That's quite yeah. funny. Yeah, it is. Right. So how supportive have the police been of your I'm get and this is the only ice hockey joke I'm gonna make at your expense. Uh how supportive have New Zealand police been of your ice capades and inline hockey? Um yeah, very supportive. Uh they're a great employer um for sport related things. They offer uh sports leave during tournament week, which is yeah. fantastic. I don't have to use my annual leave. Um and then, like I said earlier, police sport provide a little bit of money as well. Um, and just the fact that my colleagues are so supportive. I think there was one game was that was 7 a.m. New Zealand time. And my um, colleagues, some of them start at 7 a.m. So a few of them were watching at their desks, uh, which was really cool to have that support from back home. I got off the ice in South Africa and I had a few messages saying, oh, congrats on getting player of the game. Um, and, yeah, it was just it's really cool to have that support. Uh, from everyone in my team. I'm very lucky. Yeah, legends. Right, so you've been in a few roles in the New Zealand Police. And like you said, one of them has been what uh, a partner of mine often used to refer to as the voice of an angel, i.e. a police communicator. Uh, one of the biggest issues you have uh, from people I know that are communicators is that you never actually get closure on on matters that you are dealing with. Was that ever an issue for you when you were a communicator? Um, yeah, I did find that because um, once the police turn up, that's it. Uh, you hand them over, phone call ends. I would find myself throughout that day, if it was a big job, just checking back in to see what happened. Um, but, yeah, that, I would say that is one of the hard parts of a police communicator. Also, kind of, you, you use your imagination a lot, I found, because you're not there. You're not witnessing it with your own eyes. You just imagine what it could be like. Um which I don't know is a if that's a great thing to be doing. Um, nice. But, yeah, the closure thing is definitely one of the downsides of the job. But it's also, you know, you've done a lot to get to that point um, in a very generally high-stress situation uh, for the caller. So you know that you've done your job when that phone call ends, and that's, it, that's important um, if you've done your best job. So... Yeah, it, it was an interesting job, and I actually did enjoy it. it was the hardest part was probably um, the the hours of work at the time. Yeah, yeah shift work is nobody's friend, that's for sure. Um, so I'm going to ask you a, a question here, and you can decline to answer if you want, but uh, for fear of upsetting one half of your um, of your sort of iwi, I guess. Um, inline the hockey players versus ice hockey players in a hybrid game, who wins? Best out of three. What what game? Like just on an ice rink? No, just like a, a hybrid game. Who, who <laughs> um, I mean, you know the skill levels in both. So who do, who do you think wins? Uh, in line. Oh, there you go. Apologies to <laughs> the hockey fraternity of New Zealand. Uh, right, so what does the rest of 2023 look like for you, Anjali? Because, I mean, give us some idea, because you've got training that you're still going to need to do. Uh, you've got to get ready for the New, Ze New Zealand Women's Ice Hockey League that starts 23rd of the 6th, um, so it's not that far away. Uh, how much training have you got to do? Because I'm guessing you're going to have to pick yourself up sort of physically and emotionally. You've been to the world, you've done really well at the world, you've um, as an individual, you performed brilliantly there. How hard is it to get G'd up again for playing for the Auckland Steel and those hour and a half journeys back up and back home again? Um, 
I'm just kind of at the moment planning out my year, um, just trying to determine what I need to focus on. I do need to put a lot of time into work and study at the moment. Um, So that's my number one priority is work. And then around that, I'll have to decide if I'm going to do ice or inline or both. Um, I have really enjoyed ice since coming back after having kids. I think uh, prior to kids, it got a bit much, I think, um, with we were losing quite a lot and it was really hard to pick yourself back up for those games. Um, and I had a few years off with kids and COVID um, forced us to have a break as well. And it's kind of reignited a spark for me with ice hockey. So going to Worlds, I had a really good time. And I said to my husband when I got there that I would really like to play the, the league um, for ice. So, yeah, I'm just trying to determine what I have time for and what I want to prioritise around work. I'm hoping I will play us um, this season. Uh, next year's World Champs, definitely something I want to attend. Um, I'm hoping it's in the Southern Hemisphere, either New Zealand or Australia. That would be a dream. Um, yeah. so it would be cheaper and also I think we'll have a really strong team if it's closer by. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens, but um, I'm just in those planning stages at the moment. Yeah, uh, as a committed New Zealand ice hockey fan, uh, I beg you choose ice hockey, please. Uh, and my apologies to all the inline hockey. You need to come and play inline, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to watch some games. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know if my ice hockey brethren would let me do it, but anyway, hey, that's all good. Hey, now the question we always ask at the end of the podcast is: the day of reckoning has come for Angelina Mulari. Uh, you are lying there in your casket, but strangely enough, you can hear what is being said at your service. What would you like people to say about you? And I've got no doubt there will be a set of inline skates and a pair of ice hockey skates at either end, but what would you like them to say about you when you are no longer here? What would I like them to say? Um that I'm kind. I hope people say I'm kind. That's one thing I always try to enforce on my daughter is be kind. Um, and I hope that people enjoy my company. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure there'll be many jokes about all these different things that I do. Um, I, my captain says I'm really nosy. <laughs> I always like to know the gossip of what's going on. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure there'll be some jokes about that. But, you know, I hope people say that I'm kind and that I will be missed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, now, uh, where do we find you on social media? Uh, because, like you say, there's plenty of sponsorship opportunities for you and the Ice Ferns. Um, and what, where do people follow you on your social media? Because uh, just the other day, you had a great picture on your Facebook page where you had taken your medal and uh, a few pucks and a few other bits and pieces to your daughter's kindergarten, I believe. So where do we follow you? Uh, yeah, so my Facebook is Anjali Malari. It's just my name. Um, you can follow that athlete page. Uh, my Instagram is also Anjali Malari. Um, just look me up on Instagram. You can follow me on there. And um, I also have LinkedIn if you're into the professional side yeah. of it. Um, feel free to follow me on that. Uh, yeah, it's just my name just my name perfect and on that note we thank you very much for your time uh and for joining us on the cappuccino podcast it's been an absolute blast keep on doing what you are doing um you're an absolute legend
Cool. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. Thanks for listening. But please do Constable Brian and I a favour and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next Coppuccino podcast. Real people, real stories.